Hey, you're listening to the Abide Podcast. To find out more about Abide, go to AbideChurchFL.com and enjoy today's message. I will hype you. I will preach. I will amen you. I will say, come on, because it makes a difference. And so uh, I need you guys to be with me because the Lord said something to me um, last Saturday night when we were in worship, and he spoke it very clearly. It's funny, for those of you who were here on Sunday, I gave a word. Like, I, I, the, the Lord came upon me, and I started shaking. And I, that doesn't happen to me normally, maybe Pastor Gio, but it doesn't happen to me that often. But I started shaking, and I went back because I didn't really remember what I was saying because I knew it was from the Lord. And guess what? On the live stream, the mic's not on. So I was like, how funny is that? But the Lord spoke something to me on Saturday night. He said, Destiny, it's harvest time. And Pastor Tyler spoke two weeks ago. He said, it's harvest time. More than any other time in the world right now, there is a harvest that is taking place. There are people full of fear and they need Jesus. They need Jesus. And what do we have? We have Jesus to give to them. It's time that the body of Christ will say no to fear and yes to Jesus. And so this morning, I wanna talk to you about that. I'm gonna have you turn in your Bibles to Matthew 9.35, if you have your Bible with you. He spoke it to me on the floor and he wrecked my world when he said it. Because I know it's easy to look at the world and get all doom and gloom and sad, but when he said it to me, he said it with excitement. He said, Destiny, it's harvest time. So I wanna read to you Matthew 9, 35. If you'll put that up on the screen behind me, guys. It says, then Jesus went about all the cities and the villages teaching in their synagogues, preaching the God villages, teaching in their gospel of the kingdom and healing every sick and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and they were scattered like a sheep having no shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are, free, are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. I, I was, it was 2013, my sister and I went to Amsterdam to be a part of a human trafficking thing. We, we walked the streets of the, uh, the red light district and to see women from 16 to 60 selling their bodies. What we did is we didn't go and we preached at them. Most of them wouldn't even make eye contact with us because they were so ashamed. We just walked and we released Jesus in the streets. We released Jesus in the streets, but while we were there, we were at a conference and I heard Lou Engle say something so good. He said, he said, pray to the Lord of the harvest. And then he said, Iqbalo. I was like, what is that word? What is that word, Iqbalo? So last night we had this cool uh, system, thanks to Steve and my dad, it's called Logos. And if you, if you have this system on your computer, you can put in your Bible verse and all you do is you click on the word and it tells you what it means. So there are two words I wanna talk to you about today. And the first word in the Greek is daomai. And it means, that word where it says pray is daomai. And it means to beg with an urgency. It's not just pray to the Lord, it is to beg the Lord to send out. And the word send out there is Iqbalo. It means to drive out with an urgency. So what God is saying, cause he's so full of fire. He's saying, I command you to beg me to send out laborers into the harvest because the harvest is now. The harvest is now. So beg me in my 
that say, that's the same word that Jesus used when he was driving out the money changers in the temple. He it followed them out. It's the same word right here. It's the same word when he was sending out the demons. It was he's it following them. He said, so it follow, I command you to beg me. But he spoke to me on the floor in the back during prayer. And I, I just, if you haven't been to prayer, Pastor Tyler was all over it. You need to make time for it. I don't care what you have to give up. Make time to be with the Lord. I'm not trying to be mean, but you, you, I will know what's important to you, what you make time for. I'll be able to look in your life and say, oh, is this important to you? Because I got a lot of friends, I'm not gonna lie to you, they don't prioritize the presence, but they prioritize everything else. They prioritize going out at night, they prioritize their gym life, but when it comes to the presence, they're nowhere to be found. And I'm looking for people who will say, I will prioritize the presence in my life. It is worth my time. And so the Lord spoke to me and he said, destiny, Without prayer, there is no harvest. He said, if you do not pray, I cannot send. So we need to have a praying people. I don't know when prayer became such a weird thing in the church. I spoke this back in January because I only speak like twice a year, but I said something and it was important. And this year we canceled it because we can get more people in this room for a Super Bowl meeting than we can get people to pray. And that's a shame. Y'all would rather gather around food than gather around the Lord. And it breaks my heart because at some point we have to pray to the Lord of the harvest. Pray to the Lord of the harvest and he'll send out his laborers. See, we hear, I'm gonna move on. See, Jesus says to them, you might miss the actual season if you're not looking for it. He says in John 4, you say in four months that the harvest time is then, but actually the harvest time is now. Look, do not say there are still four months, then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes, look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. It's now. When Pastor Tyler was preaching, oh my goodness, he was all over it. I don't know if y'all felt it, but he was all over it. It is now. It is now for us to release the kingdom of heaven. Bible says the kingdom of heaven is at hand, hand, it's here, it's now. I wanna to talk to you this morning about how we can do that. But I wanna to introduce to you the God who seeks. So Father, right now, spirit of wisdom and revelation, be released, Jesus. That your word would cut soul from spirit bone from marrow, God, that it would pierce our hearts that we could receive from you, Jesus. Father, that we would be compelled to go into the harvest field and to do the work of the kingdom. We worship you. We have a God who seeks. Second Chronicles 69 says this, the eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to show himself strong to those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Some, some translations say to those who are loyal to him. 
But it, I was reading last night, and when I read this in the NLT, it messed me up. To those whose hearts are fully committed to him. He didn't say to those who are perfect. He didn't say to those preachers, those evangelists. He didn't say it to the fivefold ministry. He said, those who are captivated by me, those who have my gaze, I will show myself strong. He's not looking at your theology. He's looking at your heart. Oh, You think he cares about our theology? I'm not trying to be mean. He doesn't care about our theology. He cares about your heart. John chapter four says this, he seeks those who worship in spirit and in truth. I hear right now a lot because the world is, it's, it's in a rough situation. So right now, naturally, it's easy for us to talk about doom and gloom. And we talk about the rapture and we talk about the Lord's uh, vengeance. And we, we hear all of this all the time. And you hear about people saying that, oh, you be careful that you will be deceived. No, if I'm seeking Jesus, I cannot be deceived because he himself is truth. If I'm seeking truth, spirit and truth, I will not be deceived because I'm seeking Jesus. Now, the moment I I start seeking a man I will be deceived but I'm not seeking I'm not seeking a man let me just speak to you for a second he does not care if you are pre-trip post-trip mid-trip he doesn't care about it he doesn't you know what he says in Matthew 25 he says did you have oil he didn't say hey Destiny did, did, did you believe post-trip did you believe pre-trip he said Steve Destiny do you have oil were you watching for me? Were you looking? Were you ready for me? The rest can be thrown away because I don't want to get to him and say, God, oh, you surprised me. You came early. I want him to come and I say, oh, Jesus, I had oil and I was watching and I was waiting and I didn't care when you returned. That wasn't important to me. I was just excited because my spirit started harmonizing with yours. And I said, come Lord, come Lord quickly. And I have oil to pour out on your feet, Jesus. I'm ready for you because I'm watching for you. Mm. He seeks those who worship him in spirit and truth. Let me point out to you. You can, no, just keep that one, sorry. Let me point that out to you. Um, he's not seeking worship. You know, he's got billions of angels. The word doesn't say he's seeking. He said, I'm seeking those who worship me in spirit and truth. Because he has billions of angels, he doesn't need your worship. What he's seeking is the worshiper. Because he knows if he has the worshiper, he'll have the worship. The two are not separated. You can't separate it. When, when I go to Jesus and I'm seeking him in spirit and truth, he knows whatever he asks, I will do. I have no no. There's no no in my vocabulary for Jesus. He seeks another. This is what the word of God says. Luke 19, 10 says this. For the son of man came to seek and save the lost. He came to seek and save the lost. And let me just tell you, the level that you pray will be the level that you reach. And the level that you reach will be the level that you pray. So I'm sick of people saying we care for the lost, but you don't pray for them. Get out of here with that. 
I'm not trying to be mean, but I'm just, I'm sick of seeing a lot of sitting Christians saying, this is our hearts, but yet you'll drive past every homeless person you see and you won't stop and talk to them. Let me just tell you, let me tell you about seeking the lost. It's not a microphone. It's not a stage. It's not your outreach. It's not evangelism. It is the heart of the Father to seek the lost. He said, I wish that none shall perish, but all would come, all would come to me. It's more than our programs, it's more than a cute saying. He said, I will come to seek the lost. You know, it's funny, when you worship the Lord, you feel the Father's heart. And when you feel the Father's heart, you will be moved to do something. Lou Engel says, pay attention to your tears, for your tears will point to your destiny. What do you cry after? What are you longing for? You know, the other night, um, I'm gonna tell him. The other night I was, I was scrolling through Facebook and uh, I see a lot of pro-lifers. There's nothing wrong with being pro-life. I'm very much pro-life. But what I can't stand to see is Christians get up and say we're pro-life. And then they look at the foster care system and they do nothing about it. So I, I was scrolling and all of a sudden, um, my husband and I, we, we long to adopt. That's our heart. We're physically done having children. Sorry, Madeline. Um, <laughs> we're physically done having children, but I know the Lord told me we're gonna adopt. And I saw, I was scrolling and all of a sudden I saw hundreds of kids who are aging out of foster care right now. And there was this one boy named David. So I, I didn't even ask my husband. I didn't. I wrote and I wrote the company and I said, I want information on this David who's 15, who's getting ready to age out of foster care, who's never had a mom and dad. And I wrote them and I said, listen, I don't have a big house. I like, I literally, our house is less than 900 square feet and there's already four of us that live in there. I was like, I don't care what I gotta do. I was like, I want the information on this boy because it moved my heart because I know it moves the father's heart. It moves the father's heart, so it has to move mine. So when I worship the father and I lean in close, I hear what he has to say. And what does he say? He said, God said in the word of God, I want you to be my witnesses. Not my three point sermons. I want you to be my witness. Like, how are you gonna witness? See, when you're in love with someone, everyone's in danger of hearing about the one you're in love with. When I, when I started dating my boo over here, we would, uh, I would, I would always find reasons to talk about my, I would, I would always, sister hated it. We'd be, we'd be driving in the car and I'd, I'd be like, look, and I'd be like, oh, there's a tree there. Gio likes trees. <laughs> Gio loves trees. She's like, he does? Oh yeah, they're his favorite. And I, you would find ways to like bring them up, you know? It's funny because I, I work at, in a salon setting and, uh, Every person who comes into my room is in danger of hearing the gospel. Yeah. 
always. I don't separate it. It's funny because I had a girl, she told, she actually told Shanna, she, she, she was referred to me and she said, hey, I just wanna hang out with you. I know you're done with my service, but I just wanna sit in here for a little while. And every time I sit there and I tell her about Jesus, every time, because I'm in love. And when I'm in love, I can't help but talk about the one I'm in love with. If you're in love, you'll talk about him. You know how easy it is to love the lost? Let me just, let me tell you how easy it is to love the lost. We were in Mexico, and uh, if you don't know, my husband and I were missionaries in Mexico, and we're there, and we're doing this service, and what we did in Mexico, we were pastors over many pastors, many churches. So we go from church to church, and we just check on the people, but while we were there, they would always want us to speak. They're like, please come, please share. So we're there and we're speaking and my husband's speaking on the heart of the father that day. And um, we, 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 for whatever reason, we started like, y'all don't even know about uh, Mexicans and how they love Jesus. We did altar during worship. Like we, no one preached. Like we did altar during worship, then someone preached and then we did altar again. So you're gonna get double saved if you go. Um, but we're there and we start doing altar and all of a sudden, um, I'm praying for this woman and I'm like, she just seemed very dark. Have you ever met someone who you can kind of feel like there's just something around them? I don't know about y'all, but we're, we believe in the supernatural and if you hang out with us long enough, you're gonna encounter the supernatural, the good or the bad, it's gonna happen. So we're there and, and I'm noticing that something's wrong and I had someone come whisper in my ear and they said, um, hey Destiny, she's a witch, just wanna let you know. So I was like, all right, let's go. I'm like, all right, Jesus. So I braced myself. In the name of Jesus. And I start like that. And I was like, all right, she ain't moving. And I was like, hold on. So then I start praying in tongues. And I was like, okay, that's not working. That's not working. So I punch her in the stomach like Smith Wigglesworth. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> So I, I, I start praying for her and I'm like, man, this is like, I'm like, it's a wall, like nothing's happening. And I'm like, Jesus, like I prayed for a lady yesterday on the street and she started throwing up on me because she started manifesting. I was like, What's, why is this lady not doing it? And so I was like, okay, Lord, whatever. She'll, she'll go back to her seat. I was like, fine, take your demons with you. And so she went and she sat back down and um, Gio preached on the heart of the father. And at the end, what we would do is we would line up everyone and we'd hug everyone. And so I saw her come to me and I was like, listen, we already tried this once and it didn't work. So I don't wanna, I don't wanna be embarrassed again. So uh, I was like, why don't you go over to his line or something? And she's standing there in front of me and I was like, fine, I'm gonna hug her, okay? And they always tell you, like in Mexico, they're like, be careful because they'll slip stuff on you. They're always trying to put curses on you. They'll come into the meetings. They're always trying to do some kind of weird thing to you. So I was kind of prepared for that. But I was like, all right, Jesus, I'm gonna, I'm a hugger. And the moment I hug her, it broke. She started crying. This darkness that was on her left her immediately. And she said to me, I've not been hugged in 15 years. It's crazy how simple showing the love of God is. A simple act of just saying, hey, do you need a hug? Do you need a hug today? And watching what the transformation that takes place Prayer is just an overflow of the heart of God. It's, it's our heart to his and, his, and his heart to us is reaching people. 
So I, I felt so strongly that we were supposed to, we're supposed to pray today. We're really supposed to pray and not like these cute little like, all right, Jesus, I, I want us to do something. I want us to, I want us to go into worship for a little bit and then I want us to pray. But I wanted to add, like let you guys know because I sometimes to myself too, I'm like, how, how does it look like to pray? We get asked that a lot. We get asked, how, how do you do it that way? And um, it's so funny because when we tell people why we pray or the importance of it, they go, oh, but you're pastors. And I go, oh no, that's where you're wrong. See, that's a label you put on me, but I'm just a lovesick daughter who worships him and I happen to pastor. It's, it's not that I am a pastor. I have a prayer life because I'm in love. And so what I want to have happen right now is I want us to begin to worship the Lord because you can't know his heart if you don't speak to him. So right now what we're going to do is we're going to stand up on our feet, even though we've already done a lot of worshiping, we're going to do it anyways. We're going to worship Jesus. And as we begin to worship, we're going to listen for daddy to tell us what's on his heart today. We're going to listen and say, Hey, maybe it's the person struggling with fear. You know, I know a lot of Christians right now struggling with fear, and I just have to ask them, have you encountered perfect love? Because when you encounter perfect love, fear leaves. It leaves, and there's a lot of fear being masqueraded as wisdom. It's not wisdom, it's fear. Let's call it what it is. And what we need to do as a body of Christ is say, perfect love, come. Because when perfect love enters in, mm, all things are cast out. All things are cast aside. So Father, right now, we just lean into your heart and we worship in spirit and in truth. We worship you, King Jesus. We worship you for you are good. For you come to seek those whose hearts are committed to you and you come to seek those who are lost. Jesus, right now, give us a burden, a holy burden for the lost that we would no longer drive past the meth addicts and look and say that's pitiful, but we would pull our cars over and say, I have to tell you about Jesus. I have to tell you about Jesus. That we would no longer go into restaurants and be mean to our servers and then say it's okay because I'm gonna tip you well. No. That when we say to someone, hey, can I pray for you? That we don't put it on the back burner, but we immediately pray. The Lord convicted me of that because I would sometimes, people would come to me and say, please, Destiny, I need prayer for this. And I'd go, okay, I'll pray for you. And then it would just, I wouldn't mean to, but it would leave me. So now what I do is if you come to me and say, I need prayer for this, immediately I will stop what I'm doing and say, Jesus, help this situation. Help this person, Lord. Come to their aid right now because I don't want to put you on the back burner because prayer is important and it's worth our time so father right now give us a burden for prayer that we would not be a church that is prayerless that we would be a church that is 
full of prayer and that we would be powerful in your name, Lord. That it would not be an inconvenience for us to come pray and be with you, Jesus. That it would be a holy burden that we would long for, God, that we would have such a desire to be in your presence, God. That you would stir something in us, God. That when we would come into your presence, we would say, oh, I can linger a little bit longer. I can take a little bit more time. I can spend another hour, Father, that we're not quick to get in and out, God. That we would get lost in love with our King, Jesus. Jesus, give us a burden for the lost. I said this last week, but Father, give us a burden for those who are capturing the kids. Give us burdens for the human traffickers themselves. Because Daddy, I know it makes you cry because those are your sons and your daughters who are doing it, Father. And you said, it is your desire that none shall perish. So give us a burden for the lost God. The, for the ones that don't look like us, for the ones that don't think like us, you know, from this pulpit, you're gonna hear many, many voices. And you may not agree with all the different voices that you hear. You may not agree with my theology. You may not agree with Geo's theology, and that's okay. We can honor each other in our disagreement. You see, for a long time, we get into church and we say, you need to look like me. You need to speak like me. You need to talk like me. You need to repeat my theology. And what that is, that's not a church, that's a cult. I'm not here to tell you how to think. I'm not here to tell you this is how, let me tell you, you need a revelation of Jesus. You cannot have my revelation of Jesus. I know Jesus as healer because he healed me of being bipolar. I know Jesus is a healer in my marriage because he healed my marriage. I know this, but that's my revelation. That's not your revelation. You need a revelation of Jesus and I cannot give you that. So if you're looking for a body that sounds the same and speaks the same, it's not gonna happen because unity does not look like that. You know, I looked up this morning what unity actually is. It's harmony, to live in harmony with one another. And do you know when me and Cub are singing, me and Cub are not singing the same thing to make our voices harmonize. That's not what happens. Unity looks like me honoring you in our disagreement. So I'm gonna say stuff that you may not agree with, like we're gonna pray for those who are human trafficking. We're gonna pray for the traffickers ourselves. And that may bother you because it's injustice. Oh yes, it is. But Jesus is crying out for them so bad. But Jesus is crying out, Lee. He is crying out for them. Just the way he's crying out for those who have needles in their arms or those who are struggling with severe anxiety, he is crying out for them. He is crying out for the Christian that comes to church week after week who's so complacent that they can't even see it. All they wanna do is just come in and get out really quickly. He's crying out for them too. So Jesus, give us a burden, a holy, holy burden, Father. Help us to burn, help us to burn, Father. Your word says that we would shine the brightest in the dark is God. It is dark right now, so let your light shine more than ever, Jesus. Burden us. Burden us for the lost. And pray to the Lord of the harvest. 
Father, we worship you. We worship you. this morning thinking and asking the Lord, Lord, would you, would you mark almost like a brand? Would you brand some people today with something significant? Because my greatest fear for all of us is that we would, we would live our lives and look back and say, what did we do? Like, what did we accomplish? Like for all of us, like, I, I just think maybe this morning we need to ask ourselves, like, what are we building our lives around? Like, really, what are, we, what are we building our lives around? Because we live in a country where the common thing is to work 50 hours and to accrue money and to buy and to do. But all that, oh, man, I heard Ben Fitzgerald say, all that at the end of your life is going to amount into a two-inch signature. And then you're standing before King Jesus. And some of us, we just need to ask the Lord to mark us with something new, something other than the American dream. Something other than just going through the motions of life. And that only happens through waiting on the Lord. Last night the Lord told me, he said, Gio, he reminded me, those who put their hands to the plow and look back are not fit for the kingdom. That's a hard word, but it's in there. It's in there. And some of us, we've got our eyes fixed on things that are just not him. So what I want to do is I just want you to find a place. You might have to get away from the person next to you. Some of you might need to go to the altar or the back. And I just want you to allow the Lord to speak to you. Just allow the Lord to speak to you and ask yourself that question. What am I building my life around? Because you can be assured the Lord is saying this, it's harvest time. And if we don't see that, it's because we don't have eyes to see. And so like Saul, we have to have an encounter with the Lord. An encounter with the Lord where he, where he changes us, where we go from Saul to Paul. So I'm going to pray and I'm going to make space for you to spend time with the Lord. Father, I pray for every person right now that you, they would have eyes to see the fields that are white as snow. God, I'm asking that you would change our pursuits. Come on, I, I pray you want that. I pray that you want your pursuit to be his pursuit. Lord, I ask that you would awaken us to the reality of hurting and dying people that are going to hell. Every day, people are dying and they're going to hell and we're living our lives. It's not to put condemnation. I just want us to awaken to our calling. That's all it is. Don't feel bad. Just make a change. Just ask yourself, God, how can you use me? Pastor Tyler's going to sing a song that he wrote 
And I just feel like even if you just let those words wash over you, I feel like this is the heartbeat of the season we're in as a church. That we would lay our lives down at the altar. Fill me up, use me, God. Whatever way you want to do it, we just want to be used and touched by you. So I encourage you to wait on the Lord. Find a place and just wait and don't be distracted. Align yourself and allow him to do something in your heart.